Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 197. And I have been gone for the last couple of weeks, and I apologize for that. Uh, very busy. This past weekend, we had a doubleheader uh, Pointing Lab hunt test uh, nearby. And the weekend before, I was judging a doubleheader uh, Pointing Lab hunt test uh, outside of uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And interestingly, to explain in case I sound funny during some of this, in the three-and-a-half-hour flight uh, from Denver to Baltimore, I sat right next to someone who was very sick. <laughs> and even though she had a face mask on, she took it off to sneeze, blow her nose, cough, uh, and, and every other thing. So by the time I was on my way back from Maryland, I had a kind of a scratchy throat and stuff, and then it, it hit me pretty hard. I've... I work outdoors in the middle of nowhere, so rarely do I sit next to a human who's sick for three and a half hours, six inches apart. So that was uh, that made stuff a little bit tough last week, and then we had a hunt test this week uh, where I can do a G report so, on that stuff. So I've been uh, real busy with that. It's a competitive season. Lots going on, and I apologize. I try real hard to get to these things. Um, so... Uh, I'll get going back again now. I think we're easing up a little bit on that stuff, and I'm not so sick. My voice might sound a little bit funny, um, but we're way better than we were before. I couldn't even have continued to talk on here without uh, coughing and stuff. So uh, anyway, we had a local hunt test, and it was G's first showcasing. Uh, she's, what, 15, 16 months old or something like that right now. And we just been working since she was a little puppy, and this was going to be our first. And we started in the master level, uh, two days, and that's an expensive entry. And I told her owner, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> and I've talked about her for a long time. So, anyway, long story short, two blue ribbons this weekend. Even on a really, really uh, on a second day, our flight, we had a jinx in our upland field, and four time after four time. Uh, was catching birds, and I mean, it was the craziest thing. Two of my four-timers reached in and grabbed a bird. Uh, so it was it was very unusual, a very weird thing. But G is so naive, and she'd never run a test, and she really didn't know she was at a test. She just thought it was another training day. And the birds were up and running around in the high winds. And because we bird pen, um, she's used to seeing birds and knowing she can't move. So I, I just, it was... She just did a great job. We'd never handled on any marks. She ran some water blinds that were maybe a little over her head, but she didn't know it. And so she just took the cast and stayed in the water and then uh, pointed four birds both days. Didn't grab anybody, didn't do anything wrong. She just did the stuff that she had been consistently and routinely taught and wasn't jammed up fast here towards the end, but has just been kind of done through the whole time. And she, again, some of the tests were a little over her head. Some of the marks she hadn't seen, uh, that Titan, you know, kind of a lot of stuff going on. But because she and I are both very simple-minded creatures, not, not stupid, simple-minded, uh, she just looked out and saw the bird and went and got the bird. So she did great. She's now a, a master pointing retriever. And we're going to continue in this. And she just thought it was great fun. And I was very happy, very happy to report to her owner. So all the talking I've been doing about how well it seems like she's doing, at least this past weekend, we had a good run of it. And uh, 
some other people that had some uh, dogs that they've been working very diligently and consistently on uh, came through and did some real amazing things. And one of them is going to lead to one of my listener-related uh, topics that I want to talk about here today about how you impact your dog's performance, just how you are, because uh, I saw some of that. But there were some really wonderful things and some really excellent human dog work that happened this weekend and some dogs, you know, just reflecting the good work that's been put into them. So congratulations to a lot of people. It was a lot of fun. We had our judge in from out of state. She was she was great. We It was just good, very good weekend, and I'm very happy with Jean. I'm re- glad to report that she was so far very successful. Even where some of the four-timers get kind of crazy, she doesn't even know enough to get crazy. So that was very good. Um, what I want to do in today's, after just apologizing for not, uh, not doing this thing, is I want to answer a question I got in that I thought was a very good question. Because there's a lot of dogs in season and a lot of puppies that are people are going to be getting, and it's a young dog question, and I want to put that in there. Before I get to that one, I want to talk about some comments that some people made uh, that made me think this is a a pretty good, just a a kind of a thing for people that are competing right now. Um, My next one's going to be for you guys that are getting dogs and going to move up into all this stuff, but people that are competing right now. I, I talked with two different people who have done just daily work with their dogs all the time. Not not me. They're, they do them themselves. They're training their own dogs, and they're working on it, and they're getting the best information they can, and they, they work real diligently, and they're very very much students of the game, very intelligent people um, who think a lot about what they're doing and analyze everything that they're doing. And in a lot of ways, that's good. You want to look at things closely and examine stuff. That's, but then you need to stop and then actually carry out the work. So there were several comments, again, made by two, two uh, male individuals that came from somewhere else to run the test here and left and had success here. But in talking with them and in listening to them, the things they had to say, I would say they would both probably tell you that one of their biggest limitations to being successful and a thing that they're working on that I think goes for all of us is that their dog is trained, they do understand the rules of the test, they do know what this is, but what they do and what a lot of us do when we go to the line to run a dog is we're trying to make sure nothing bad happens, right? We're trying to pass the test. So we're thinking about a lot of things, and we're thinking ahead. Okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to point him that way, and then I'm going to have him this, and then the blind is over there. Okay, the blind's over there, and i got to be sure that I don't let the dog get. And there, all this stuff is going on as they're up there, and they're getting ready to run their dog, and they're running their dog. And one of them phrased, I think, that the perfect, perfect terminology was that he was not in the moment the way that he needed to be. And that is just dead nuts on, uh, I think, what a lot of people have trouble with that can be, uh, you know, when I refer to G&I as simple-minded, I didn't mean that at, at all insulting in either one of us. You know, we're both perfectly, adequately intelligent, but we're both very in-the-moment creatures and don't, you know, aren't in four places at one time thinking about all this different stuff, and I really foster that in my dogs really foster that because when you go to the line and you're nervous 
and people are watching and you paid a lot of money or you drove a long ways and here we are at this test and you just saw the dog in front of you just lose it on the water blind or whatever or on the memory bird they were off this way and that way and you get all this stuff is in your head and so when all of that stuff is in your head that's what's in the thing between you and your dog and usually then that's what comes true is this kind of uh, non-focused oh my gosh why did he do that why did they go over there what's happening as opposed to when you're running your dog on I don't care whether it is a single marked retrieve or a double or a triple or a quad or whatever level of complication you have what you want out of your dog is to come up and sit down and then be done right <laughs> to sit down and instead of being fixated with moving around where they are that they sit down and look out to see what the picture is and that you don't interfere with that and then that whatever direction they are faced hopefully is a, a relevant direction about where they're going to go and that's all that you have on your mind and therefore that's all your dog has on their mind and then in the case of this weekend uh, APLA master so we have a double so the first bird goes down and all you want on your mind is watching simultaneously right you've got to watch your dog because you're handling to make sure your dog sees it and is aware of what's happening and also that you see exactly where that bird is that's it so you, the dog only has to look at the bird. You have to look at your dog and know exactly where that bird went. Okay, that's the first one. And then the second one goes off. And all you want your dog to do is now look at the second one and watch it go down and focus on where it is. You don't want to be worried about the water blind. You don't want to be worried about what you saw the other dog do. You don't want to be worried about what happened in training two and a half weeks ago when you tried something like this. You want to be work focused only in that moment on that location where that bird fell. And when you are that way, especially consistently, your dog is that way. And then when you send them, they go to that place. And preferably, they go to that place as directly as their level of desire takes them instead of now getting focus off the bird but well let me see what would be the fastest easiest what's the best way there I think if I go around over here you don't want all that kind of thinking on the dog's part and so you can't have that kind of thinking on your part and yes it does work that way if someone says it doesn't then they're just unaware of that but <laughs> But it, it's so important that you, if you want your dog to be fully, fully, fully in the placement of that first bird, and then in the placement of that second bird, and if you have three and four to come, then the same thing there, you want them to be engrossed in that and nothing else. And that requires that you be completely engrossed in that and nothing else and you know when the dog says I have it and that's when you send them so uh, obviously after you release right 
And so you have this be a very much a singular activity just comprised of one thing. Where's the bird? And when are you going to send me? And that's it. And so both of these people had said that a lot of their issues are because of their intellectual ability to think of a lot of things and try to be concerned about this and I'm going to be ready and I'm going to handle if you're over there. And that actually, when you are in the absolute running of a dog, is not probably the optimal thing to do. That's the only way G and I know. So we just walk up, sit down. She looks out. She's all excited. Just loves it, right? And sees and like she did marks that were overhead, and she did a couple blinds that were over her head. But I don't think. I didn't walk up there going, oh my God, this is over her head. <laughs> I just walked up and said, we're here. The bird is there. We're going to get her from here to there. And I'm not going to think about all the potential horrible things that can happen. I am going to think about getting that dog directly there. And she is used to that kind of handling. And so she also thinks very simply that way as well. So that's kind of how we got through here when she had some things that were a little harder than she, you know, could be doing. Not in the upland. She's, uh, she's always been pretty good there. It was that kind of thing. And, and then these other people who did get through but are nervous and struggling and, and can both said, both said that their issues are that there's too much thinking going on and not enough being right in the moment. And both said that that's what has, you know, made things get better for them. And so I just, that's something that I want to offer to everybody to at least think about, particularly if you're nervous or, you know, you got everybody going, oh, don't let them get by the bush over there. You're going to be, don't, you know, just see if you can possibly shrink into the activity of that particular set of five and 10 seconds. It is really, really, uh, <laughs> it's really helpful if you can do that kind of thing. So. I, I watched that up close. I experienced it myself with my very, very young dog who, who like I said, did some stuff overhead, did not know it was because we approached it like we do everything else. There it is. Let's go get it. And you have to have that in your head. And it's easy for me to say I understand that, but it's you can get there too if it's important to you. And it's way easier on you. If you're not overthinking stuff, that's just torture. And it only feeds itself and then stirs up more and then it just gets crazy. So if you can, simplify back to where a dog mind should be, which is very simple. You know, see the bird, get the bird. It really comes down to that. All right. So that's that one. I want to answer uh, a, a listener question that I got in. And I really like this because I never think of this stuff. And then somebody points it out. So I like that. And so here's the question. You often ask us to send in possible topics. And I have a good one I know folks with puppies would be interested in. The obedience part is hard and time-consuming. <laughs> but we are learning, trying, willing to put work and time in. However, what no one talks about is the downtime. Like you said, you can only throw three or five. I'm not sure I said three or five. I probably said three or four, so careful. Uh, retrieves and we can only walk 30 minutes or so with a little puppy so what do we do with the remaining time I'm in this city I have a nice backyard at my home probably like most listeners but we don't have land like you do <laughs> so it's a bit limiting and we do our thing twice or three times per day since it doesn't take long what then 
I hate to throw my puppy in a crate the rest of the day. They certainly can't roam the house because they chew up everything. That's true. It's a royal pain in the you-know-what, but I keep a six-foot landline on my pup in my home whenever she's out of her crate, so she's almost tethered to me. Again, big hassle, but part of her training. She's far from being able to roam my house alone. She doesn't know place well enough where I can put her on a placemat and leave her still working on that. So if you could outline for us that are doing that are in obedience training for our puppies, can't a step-by-step routine for a typical day. I know dogs love to mix it up, but they also love routines. Maybe just walk us through from the time the dog wakes up in the morning until you put the dog to sleep. Okay. Uh, okay, I don't know if I'm going to get quite that that detailed uh, because we all have very, very different days. And we're also going to be very true to our own natures. That's going to factor in. What I might do uh, every day because I can't stand sitting still is going to be different than somebody who uh, does have to sit still. So let me let me see if I can. That's a great question. Let me see. I would not do dog obedience three times a day. Um, I would do obedience that was demanding enough that I exhausted them mentally. It's not very hard to do when they're little. And as they get older, you can still continue to... Um, and you, I think you said you'd bought the obedience video. So you can see all that stuff. You need to get them where they're going, okay, okay, I'm trying. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm trying to listen to you. That is a very mentally and really physically exhausting thing for a dog. So doing that repetitively, I have not found to be advantageous. So if you have your obedience session, I mean, if you're just, if you just feel like you need to, go ahead and do a morning and then some other time later a little bit later in the day but make sure that you get a lot out of the one instead of just a little bit out of it three times that doesn't mathematically add up the one time if you can just really get a couple things maybe one thing across and that you switch it over from you telling showing them how to do it to them trying to do it for you that's success right there okay so that's what you want to do you're going to look for a little bit of them now taking responsibility for what you're teaching them don't just go through motions. Again, I, don't just go through the motions. Make sure that they are showing you that they're trying to do, trying to do. They don't have to be perfect. They have to be just making a good effort to try to understand what you're asking and carry it out. If you can get that once a day out of a dog on some obedience stuff, I call that success. Now, you're talking about taking the walk. The walk is real important. And as mentioned everywhere, the walk is not down the sidewalk. I mean, that's a walk, and that's a fine thing to do, but that is not the walk. That is not the thing where you are untethered and in a, as natural an environment as possible, and that dog learns to take full responsibility for being aware of you, staying with you. Um, you form that really strong connection between the two of you all based off not being literally connected by some kind of leash or long line or something. I'm telling you, if you have to drive some a long ways to get to somewhere to do that, and, you know, you can sometimes find the edges of golf courses and parks and stuff like that to do that, but you've got to, that's really important. Now, that you have to do. If you also have a walk through the neighborhood, as long as you are not teaching your dog something on that walk you don't want, that's not a bad thing also. The socialization stuff out there with all that. 
if you can take if you're making a run into the uh, the Home Depot or the Petco or something, you know, certainly the dog can go along in a well-mannered way to those things. And that's a big activity. And when they come back from any of these, your walk in a natural environment, your walk down through the neighborhood, um, when they can do that, then you can come back and put them in their private place. I don't know. I know the uh, HOAs. You know, they don't, your blades of grass have to be within a certain deal. I know that can be tough, but if you can't have an outside dog area, and I don't mean whole backyard, but I mean their area, their area. So if you can't put in a little dog run that's, you know, passes whatever they have that you have to have, then you could put a little X-pen out there. You know, you can buy those little the X-pen gates like the show dog people use and just put that somewhere in your yard. It's not permanent. It's not a kennel. And put them out there with some water and shade and stuff to chew on and everything. And outside. Just there you are. You're outside in your X-Pen. You don't get a lot of exercise there, but they've already gotten that. And they can have some outdoor quiet time, not ripping the yard up, but in there. Give them stuff to rip up inside the, the X-Pen. You can put it on the back steps or patio or deck or whatever you have. And I would have some out. You just be out there and chew your bone. And be by yourself and learn to be quiet. And that can be four hours. So if you've got to work or do something, you know, you don't have to have the dog long line. You don't want you and that dog together all the time. And if you're in the same room and they're in a crate, you're still together. So I would build a way in to have part time away. And if your dog makes noise outside, it's time to teach them that they can't do that, that that's not an option. And there has to be a consequence for making noise outside that is enough of a consequence that they are willing to be quiet not to have that consequence. Different things for different dogs. Again, a good knuckle bone, keep them out there, get those little teeth coming out when it's time to come out and all that kind of thing. But I think I would design that in, and that takes up sev several hours. And on the summertime, it can take more than that. Then after they've been out there for a couple hours, bring them in. Just have, just have, hang out with me and let's, let's hang out together time. You know, you're having lunch or whatever, pups running around the kitchen, whatever, you know, just regular dog time. And then you can put them right back outside in their little X-pan or their run and stuff like that. And uh, they can just be there again. Dogs being alone is not, <laughs> is super important. They In the wild, that would be something they would do, and it's certainly something that you need a dog to do now. And if you teach them when they're young, for their whole life, when they're not with you, they'll be okay because you taught them, hey, this is part of the deal. I always come back, and we always do good things, and right now. But the thing to do is when you go put them in there, make sure you just tire them out, physically, mentally, both, by doing this stuff. Another time you can go out, you know, in the beginning, you can do backyard. After that, you got to go down to a little green belt or park or something and do some, your three to four retrieves. You know, have the retrieves be, be always just pushing, advancing the dog a little bit, whether in difficulty where you throw the thing, whether they're not coming back to you so you got your long line to make them do it, whether you're doing it with distance. You can constantly, what you don't want to do is always the same thing. Because just like if we did that with you, every day your day was the same, pretty soon you start to just sleep through it. 
So you want to be constantly challenging the dog, which means you have to be constantly thinking. And then, you know, you have a quiet time in the, in the afternoon. I'm not giving you get up to go to bedtime again. That depends on your world and your life. You should have your life and your schedule the way that it should be. But afternoons in general in the animal world tend to be kind of a quiet time. That's a great out in the X pan or the dog run time, you know, where they can chew a bone, sleep, watch the squirrels, whatever it is they do. You know, and then you can have, and depending on your deal, if you've done obedience in the morning, for me, I wouldn't do it again. Go do a set of retrieves uh, somewhere. Come back in, make sure they're, you know, calm down, and then give them dinner. Right? They have dinner, and then they go outside in the yard with you and air and do their stuff. And then, you know, you have basically when they go to bed. And make sure that they, you don't give them a big belly full of dinner and then go to bed because you know with puppies what's going to happen you have to do the feeding thing wisely with what your schedule is and it isn't very long before puppies can go all night and if you have them in a big enough crate with a little potty pad in one part of it and a bed in another part of it it won't be very long till they can go all night long and they won't even go at all in there and they you teach them once we go to bed at night bud we are done now, I have outside kennels and outside runs and stuff. So unless the weather's horrible and they have to be pretty bad for my lab guys, they're at night in the beginning, they're outside in a kennel. If it's not, weather's not bad, they're out, they're out there. And they're going to learn at night. You go to bed and we're finished. I don't come get you. I don't let you out. I got over that the first five dogs I ever had. And I went, all right, this is crazy. You know, these guys can do this and I need to sleep. And so... You know, the human babies, no. Dog babies, yes. You can just, you know, if you have to pee, then pee on your little area for it and then sleep and learn that night times are not, we're not here to serve you. You know, that, because that, that works really well. And you never know until you find out. But if every time they make a noise, you jump up and let them out, they get you trained really well. And then you're doing everything for them. And then you've set the standard on that deal. So anyway, you have, you do, you know, dinner and then family time and then air them and then put them to bed. And the, the, every day doesn't have to be the same, but the structure should be fairly, just like kids do better with uh, a structure that's understood. Not rigid, not rigid at all. Life doesn't allow rigid, but they get up, they get up every morning and, you know, the first thing you do when you get up wherever they're sleeping, right, is go outside. So we teach them first thing in the morning is that's when you get to empty everything. And you go out and you do that stuff. And preferably, you know, depending on your schedule and your work schedule and how you are, get up in the morning. You know, you could take them right out and load up and go for the walk because most people aren't up early in the morning. Go out and to the local green belt or the edge of wherever you can behind where they're building the Walmart someday and go do your walk out there off leash, loose, walks with leashes or walks with leashes where you begin to get that super strong connection between the two of you and you get the puppy, you know, 30 minutes. That's a good long time. You speed up your speed if you want to get a little more out of your 30 minutes. Right in the middle of it, you can do two retrieves. Unless they're not good. If they're not good, don't do that because that's what grows. Come back, put your dog in its little, again, I do X-Pen outside with a little breakfast and go, I can't breakfast, enjoy yourself. 
I'm going to go in and have mine. So that becomes built into the morning. Unfortunately, people, for dogs don't do Monday through Friday. So the sleeping in on Sunday with a puppy is like sleeping in with a newborn. That's not a thing. So when you get the puppy, you know, you got seven days a week of doing this stuff until, you know, you have a place where they can be where you can sleep in if that's important to you. So there you go. You know, every day you do that, take them for the walk every day. You will never, ever regret doing the walk every day. There is not a single downside to that whatsoever, other than you're creating a dog that loves this activity. You're already getting a passion going. Get up, go do that, come back, breakfast in there. Again, kennel run, uh, expand this time of year. Outside is good. Give them something to play with and stuff. Teach them don't be howling and barking and making noise because you're going to probably wish that you didn't do that. Um, can't do that with kids. But with a dog, they need to learn to be quiet. I mean, I know you cannot argue with me that dogs should be able to express themselves loudly whenever they want something. They're, somehow they weren't as the leaders of this planet. right? They are some buddies of ours and they need to be quiet just like I would be if I came to stay at your house. Teach them to be quiet, be in the be in their X pen. Okay, then get them out, air them out. If they had breakfast, they'll probably have to go and uh, go do your obedience. That might be lunchtime. That might be mid morning. Go out. You know they're they're fresh. They're they're still morning. They're they're feeling real good. They've had their they've kind of gotten rid of some of that extra energy. Now they can learn some stuff, and you do your obedience. You could even do your obedience down to the park where you're going to throw some retrieves that are now in a little bit into the heavier cover off, off to the side where they don't mow. Now come back, back in that X-Pen. Attached to you and in the house all the time, you're going to create when you go away, the dog's going to have a cow. And you taught them, oh, I'm always there, don't worry. Life exists because I, you and I are near each other. Don't do that. So spend some of this downtime teaching them to have actual downtime away from you. And the X-Pen things aren't very expensive. You could build your own with a, a, a thing, a roll of wire, you know, that doesn't break any of the regulations. But I would do that. And then they can be hours without you. And yes, a 10-week-old puppy can be hours without you. I guarantee you that. My little wiener dog spends time alone and did from the very beginning. And now she's fantastic when she's like, well, see you later. And it's not a negative thing because it's how life is and it's all she's ever known. So do that. And then again, afternoon's downtime. Maybe go out for a walk through the neighborhood where they learn not to pull. And I, I'm going to say something on puppy stuff here. And I know a lot of people just endure me saying this. But I have gotten more dogs in in the last year that have been on harnesses and the expander leashes. And they always tell me why it was the only thing they could do. They needed to do it or their obedience teacher taught them, no, this is the only good thing to do. And then I get a dog in that thinks that we're doing Iditarod and that they have been taught to just pull as hard as you can. And always the owners are complaining. They just pull on the leash all the time. You know, and, and I'm kind of anymore. I don't care. I'm going, oh, you taught them. What, I mean, what do you expect? And then uh, they want me to go use a lot of pressure to teach their dog, you stop doing that. Yeah, just don't put on the harnesses. 
because for our functional performance field animals and my wiener dog, no harness. There's no harness. <clears throat> if we're going to walk on a leash, you're not going to pull on me. I don't care if you're 12 weeks old or 12 years old. You're not going to do it. And so we're not going to do it from the very beginning. And that's why the obedience is so important. And you can do it with a little dog. But if you teach them, yeah, the harder, you, more you want to go somewhere, the harder you pull. That's the way you do it. And then you wonder why you have trouble in obedience. I just, man, just leave that out of there. And if you can't walk somewhere on a leash where they're not yanking you to get to all the neighbor dogs, pick them up and carry them to where you're going so that they don't get that habit. Because it's not fair to the dog. So there, that's, that's a day. And probably, you're probably doing everything really well, except for outside in that X-pin um, where you just cool your jets and be quiet. And again, I know it sounds terrible, but I have always been able to, to make dogs not be barkers that were barkers early, not later on once they're chronic, bark collar's the only way, and then they only works with the bark collar on. But just teach them when you're out here, you know, just enjoy it and be quiet. Unless there's, you know, an attack squirrel or a burglar coming in, then you go ahead and make noise. Other than that, just because you don't want to be out here, not okay. And so that's the thing you need to learn how to get across to a dog. And you should be able to do that with a puppy. Because if you can't do it with them, you have no hope with a year-old dog teaching them stuff. I hope that answers that question. If it doesn't, let me know. But it fit that into your life where you can. And do not create such a dependency between you and that dog. And the place thing and all that. You've been watching some videos or something. right? And that's okay. But that's just a puppy. So get them. Sometimes we're together hanging out. We're very connected. Sometimes we are not. I would work more on that right now than being able to put them on a rug and leave them there. I would definitely do that. And don't do all the work for them by putting them on a line so that physically you don't have to worry because they can't go anywhere. <coughs> That's what a X-Pen is for. Here, go. Now you can do whatever you want in these confines, and I can do something else and not get have to constantly be paying attention to you. So... That kind of structural work and however your day works, you know, make it. Mornings are always better for young dogs because that's what animals are best, right? But do what works in your life and teach the dogs stuff now that they need to know for the rest of their life. You can love and smooch on them and, and do puppy stuff and have all the fun you want, but have enough respect for them to go, all right, I know what your life is going to be and I'm going to help you get prepared so you never have separation anxiety or all the stuff that people make so much money off of because nobody did the work up front with their puppy to begin with. So that's this week's. I will be back uh, next week with stuff. I made it all the way through without coughing once. I am almost out of this thing. Um, I always welcome good listener questions. I appreciate those things. I like this one a lot. Thank you. Topic I hadn't probably dealt with enough. And I hope everybody stays healthy and happy. Don't sit next to sick people on the plane. And G and I have our next hunt test in just a couple weeks. So I'll report on that. Her sister's in season, so she didn't get to run. So I don't have... That was very unfortunate. But I'll get the two girls going here soon. And we'll be back uh, with the next update. Everybody take care. <laughs>